Welcome to the Her Define podcast, here to help you define your own means of success. Do you have ambitious career goals but are feeling lost, confused, or even frustrated with where you're currently at? Maybe you have a passion to start your own business but don't know how to achieve it. Hi, I'm Juliana and I've been right where you are at several points in my life. During these times, I've turned to inspiring and ambitious women for guidance to point me in the right direction and lead me to a solution. Each week here on Her to Find, a successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman will share her real life experiences and insights while defining the ways in which she achieved success. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Her to Find podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Today's episode is sure to give you a boost of energy if you're in need of one. I most certainly am, but this guest is going to be energetic for the both of us and is a trailblazer within the beauty industry. What I also love about this episode is that we're answering some of your most frequently asked questions, particularly when it comes to financials and how to organize all of that. So stay tuned later on in the episode for all of that advice. Kayleen Glauscher is a certified lash tech, lash extension educator, professional makeup artist, and certified nail technician. She values networking with people of all different backgrounds and building a connection with her clients. She states she's learned more in six years from her clients than she's ever learned in high school. In 2019, she was working at a salon that was negative and super draining. Kayleen was still passionate about the beauty industry, so she quit, but was determined to create her own space that was open, accepting, and actually fun for people to work in. Get this, within just two weeks of quitting that negative salon, her own business was up and running, fresh out of school with absolutely no idea what she was doing and no previous business experience. Four months in, dreaded COVID-19 hit and she was forced to shut down. After four months of lockdown, Kayleen was able to fully fill her schedule in addition to bringing on her first employee and completely filling her schedule. Now, just to put this into perspective, she experienced and achieved all of this just before her first year anniversary. Now, Kayleen pays her first employee almost four times the amount that Kayleen made while working at that old negative salon. Today, Kayleen Ashley Artistry serves over 150 clients a month and is consistently booked two to three months out. Kayleen actually won the 2020 London Community Choice Awards for Best Nail Salon and Best Manicure within the entire city. Kayleen strives every day to make sure that her salon is a space where anyone and everyone can feel welcome and comfortable. She tries to practice gratitude often and preach the laws of attraction to her employees and clients daily. In this episode, Kayleen discusses her thoughts on receiving professional certifications within the beauty industry and her tips on how to gain meaningful and useful knowledge how she manages to stay positive during the unpredictable times of COVID, and finally, her advice on how to organize, manage, and understand your business's financials. Thanks so much for joining me today, Kayleen. How are you doing? I'm good. Honestly, nothing to report. (laughs) Just holding down the fort over here. But thank you so much for having me. I'm thankful for this opportunity. <laughs> uh, like I said, I appreciate you joining me for a Sunday afternoon, but you said you didn't really have anywhere else to be. So I appreciate even though you have nowhere else to be for joining me. Let's start off by can you elaborate on the process and experience of quitting a negative work environment and then going out and creating your ideal job within two weeks? Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, like you said, <laughs> right off the bat, right off the bat, right into her. Um, so the time period, like you said, was two weeks. So it was a lot. 
And to be honest, it's kind of a blur. <laughs> it's honestly, I feel like I, I blinked and I was just in Lambeth. But basically, it kind of went like this. So I was working as a lash tech. Um, I had been in and out of the industry as a lash tech and a makeup artist for years. And I just, I kind of found that I wanted to get back into it. I really missed being with clients. And so I got a job at a salon that was super close to my place. And I loved going in there, loved my lash clients. And once I was into the groove again, I just found that I was like, yep, this is exactly what I was missing. So I went headfirst back into the industry and I was so passionate. I was working at this salon and nails was something that they were so busy with. And I had never honestly thought about myself doing nails. It's not something that I ever really crossed my mind, but they were so busy. And I'm like, Hey, this seems fun. I think I could do this. So I said, if I go to school, like, is this opportunity available for And my boss and people that worked there were like, oh, this is so amazing. This would be great. You should totally go to school. So I did. I went to Elegance. It was 12 weeks. And um, all during my school, I was trying to like, because I was in a nail salon, I was trying to watch and learn and kind of, I was really hungry for lack of better words. Um, However, when I graduated nail school, it was kind of just like a halt because all of a sudden my boss was like, oh, well, I don't know. We're kind of looking for someone with more experience. Like, I don't know if you really have what it takes. It'll take you a really long time before you get good. It was just kind of like conversations like that, that I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. And it started to kind of get to me, but I still felt so passionate about my clients and the work that I was doing. And I absolutely loved, like I would literally set up a little nail station at my house and I would get my friends to come over. And it was like, had no business being a nail station. It was just a wooden desk that really should not have had any acetone or anything on it. And I would just have them come over and I'd do their nails. And even though they absolutely sucked, because I had no idea what I was doing, I just found that I was so passionate about this industry. So as time went on, I just very quickly noticed that my passion outweighed the effort that my boss was putting in to develop me and kind of like see that within me. And I was so hungry. And she was just like, yo, sit down. You're new. Like, you're not going to make it over here. So I was like, yeah, but I think I can do it. And she just constantly was like, no, no, no. And so I started to notice myself thinking the same way, like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a while. Oh, well, that's why I can't do this. And then one day I was like, you know what? This sucks. Like I quit. That's it. I'm done. So I handed in my resignation. And then I was like, shit, now I'm unemployed. (laughs) Now I have no job, but I knew one thing for sure that I was passionate about the beauty industry. So I was like, you know what? I'm certified in lashes and I'm certified in nails and I've got experience in one. So I could probably get a job somewhere. So I hopped onto Indeed. <laughs> Haven't looked for a job in a while. So I just went on Indeed. I guess that's where people look for jobs, right? So when I was on there, I, I just typed in like beauty or whatever. I was just job searching. And this ad popped up and it was from a girl named Madison in Lambeth and her ad was very short, but it was like to the point. And she just said, I'm not looking for an employee. I'm looking for someone who can come in and share my space and just kind of keep the lights on while I go off for mat leave. And I was like, you know what? This sounds like a cool opportunity. So I talked to my fiance about it. Keep in mind this time span was about 24 hours. (laughs) I talked to my fiance about it. And he was like, honestly, Kaylin, it sounds like a really great opportunity. She was only asking $400 a month to come in because she was already renting. She was just looking for help with the rent. And so, and I went in, 
and talked to her. And my fiance said, it sounds like a really great opportunity. So I wouldn't even barter. If you like the place, just tell her you'll take it. And keep in mind, like I'm fully unemployed. Like I have no business taking on $400 a month, even, even though it was a great idea. I was like, uh, okay, sure. So I just, honestly, I told Madison, yeah, I'll take the space. And she was fantastic. She's like, you know what? If it doesn't work out, it's no big deal. I'm not going to make you sign a crazy lease. You can just come in, try it out for one month. And I was like, okay, perfect. Once I signed that lease, I was like, or I guess made that agreement. I was like, you know what? I guess I got to get some stuff to do nails. (laughs) And again, I had no idea what I needed because I hadn't worked a day as a technician. So I just got on the computer, sat my ass down and hours upon hours I spent researching and finding what I needed and buying it. And I was driving all around making deals on Kijiji. Like when I say that these two weeks were a blur, this is why (laughs) there was a lot of work. I just got it all together and I got my ass to Lambeth. Before you know it, I was like, grand opening, here we are. Even when I was in there, I was still thinking to myself, like, are my nails even going to stick? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm making a huge mistake. I had lots of negative self-talk. Some of it, like, just, you know, natural because it was such a big move in such a short amount of time. But some of it was also still carrying over from, like, that negative of, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing, yada, yada, yada. But at that point... I just had a moment where I was like, you know what? It's too late. I'm here and I got a business. So I got to learn. Like I have a decision. I can either wallow in that or I can learn. So that was it. Two weeks later, I was up and running in Lambeth learning how to do nails. So you elaborated a little bit on this, but why are you so passionate about the beauty industry? Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is a good question. This is a totally underrated industry. The beauty industry is one of the fastest growing and most stable industries worldwide. As long as we remember, we've always cared about our appearance and like, you know, just making ourselves feel and look better. And I'm sure that's going to continue. (laughs) So this industry is always learning and changing and advancing. Like think about the nails that and hair that you had in high school compared to the quality that you get today. Like, I don't know about you or like anyone listening to this, but I was literally rocking two inch highlights in 2011. And like these days, I don't even remember what my natural hair color is because my, my hairdresser is so good at blending. Right. And it's like, it's blended and it's toned Mm -hmm. and it's all of these different things, you know, compared to just sticking some bleach in there and then taking it off in 20 minutes and it's blonde. So it's just always growing and it's always evolving. Second, kind of going off of that, I honestly believe that anybody who can maintain a career in this industry is resilient. It is not an easy industry to be in. It is one that can be very demanding in a timely manner, in a financial manner, and in a mental level, but can also be so rewarding in all of the same categories at the same time. And then (laughs) I have more reasons why I love this industry. On a local level, this is by far one of the most supportive industries. Like we have such a great community here in London. The beauty industry here is extremely generous, especially when it comes to like giveaways and fundraisers and stuff like that. We're all very passionate around here. And I believe anyways, that our industry continues to stand out online, like on social media, Instagram, Facebook, when it comes to voicing our opinions on what's going on in the world. And I think that's really cool. I'm really proud to say that that's like an industry, an industry quality as a whole that, that the beauty industry has. And that actually also kind of leads me into another reason why I love it, because this industry is so progressive and so accepting. 
like from what I was talking about before to on a bigger, like more corporate level, like Mac cosmetics, they've always been advertised as makeup for everybody or Morphe has like lots of male colleagues and lots of male partnerships. One of my favorite accounts on Instagram for nails is boys and polish. And it's just like so creative. I think it's because there's just not a lot of politics in the beauty industry. People see it and they appreciate it as art and they're like, Hey, that's cool. And then that's it. It's a very accepting open industry. There's quite a mix of beauty professionals who have completed certification or went to beauty school and those who are completely self-taught. For listeners that are looking to enter the beauty industry, what are your thoughts on education? Where should they enroll? And what other beauty resources are there to learn from? Honestly, you said it in the very beginning. Some of us out here are completely self-taught, but I would almost argue that this entire industry is majority self-taught, to be honest. Because the beauty industry, and let me be clear here, I'm talking mostly about aesthetics, not necessarily hair, but the, the aesthetics industry doesn't really have a lot of regulations. Um, pretty much anybody can practice aesthetics and anyone can teach. So what inevitably that kind of leads to a lot of like blind leading the blind type situations. So it can be very difficult to find quality education. Um, but with that being said, I still highly recommend that you become certified at a reputable school before you want to start your career in this industry, because the certification is like basically your ticket to shopping at all the pro shops and getting exclusive price, exclusive prices. And like, you need that's like some sort of certificate to enable to get your insurance and your business accounts and all that kind of stuff. But once you've got that hall pass, or even if you're just interested really in learning to see, like if you're, if there's more into the beauty industry, there's lots of classes that you can enroll on online to further your knowledge. Like I've learned almost all of what I know about nails online, truly, especially the fine skill stuff, like nail art techniques. Honestly, yeah, there's lots of stuff online. In very simple terms, school, like institutionalized school is a very great foundation, but it won't set you up with everything that you need in order to be a successful beauty professional in 2021. There's so many moving parts and so many layers to this industry that it truly is just a matter of the more extracurricular you take on, the better you're going to get. And in terms of finding that education, um, personally for nails and for makeup, actually, I went to Elegance here in London. It's a private school. And then online, you can find, like, I do a lot of classes by Sierra's Nails. I do a lot of classes by Nail Thoughts. But in general, like, if someone's listening to this and they just want more resources for education, they can always reach out to me because I will always share all of my resources in the DMs. <laughs> it's so hard to find good education. So just be relentless in finding it. Ask people, research, Google, you'll get it. And like I said, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And the faster, how fast that happens is also up to you. Out of all the different nail de designs that you've created, do you have one that's your favorite or that you remember the most? Oh, that's a good question. Because you know what? I actually do have a manicure, a couple of manicures, let me say, that were very transitional for me. The one that sticks out in my head the most <laughs> is the nude bodies manicure on my page. Oh, that I've seen that one. That's a good one. Yes. It's a good one because it was popular on my page and people liked it. But it was such a great one because it taught me that I can do black lines. <laughs> Like I literally during that manicure, 
I, up until that point, I had always used a dotting tool for all of my art, which is kind of jargon to anybody who doesn't do nails, but basically like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you would not use like a, a, a dotting tool. It's basically like a piece of metal to draw a straight line. Like, it's just very strange. I was so scared of brushes because I'd never used them and I didn't know what to buy or what to use or whatever. So during that manicure, I made the decision to pull out my brush that I had just gotten. And I said, do you mind if I try to do some black lines with this? And my client, bless her soul, shout out to Katrina. She was hyping me out, uh, hyping me up the entire time. She was like, oh, that looks so good. Ooh, that one was smooth. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that one. She's like, that's okay. Fix it. Fix it. Like this has to be good. So the whole time, like that manicure was just, wow. Like when we finished, both of us were just looking at it like, whoa, we did something here. It was my client and like the people and the moments like that. Like that is why it's so important to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and also be very vulnerable with your clients because I could have just been like, you know what? I want to try out my brush and then pulled it out and been super nervous the whole time because I, I just had the balls to say, I, I haven't used this before. Do you mind if I use it on you? I don't really know, but I'm going to try it and see if it works out the way that we want. She instantly, because she's human, was like, yeah, girl, do it. Let's try it. And was coaching me the whole time. So it's very important to be vulnerable with your clients and don't be afraid to like get out of your comfort zone. Also, at the end of the day, if you screw up, it's nails and they last for three weeks or 10 weeks if you come see us. <laughs> right. Or even I like the fact that your clients have faith in you that let's say you do make them look terrible, which I never imagined you would, but you would go back and fix them and at least you tried it. Yes. And that's something, honestly, that we get a lot of feedback on as a salon in general is just that people feel more comfortable when they're able to articulate like truly what they want. And it's up to the technician to open that dialogue. You know, like if you're sitting back, like, Oh, I'm so nervous. I don't know how to do that. And then they ask you for something and you just say, no, 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 I don't know. Like, no, we can't do that. Or no, I don't have the stuff to do that or whatever. Then your clients are just going to be like, Oh, okay. And then choose something else. And then next time, if they don't like it, they probably just won't say anything. Whereas I've had clients and so has Natalia had clients come in and we completely change our mind on what we're doing during the process. But it's just because we're talking to each other. And like I said, we've created that open dialogue and it makes people feel comfortable. The law of attraction and practicing gratitude is very important to you. Can you speak more on this and how it relates to your career? Oh my gosh. Very important. Literally everything to me. I legitimately make maintaining a positive, positive attitude my number one priority. Like almost all the time for me, for my team, just in the salon in general, because at the end of the day, like when you're negative, everything negative just will stick to you like glue. Actually, I want to share with you an example where I, this is how I know that this works. I was always preaching to Natalia, my employee at the salon, that the law of attraction is extremely important. When you're negative, negative things will find you. But when you're positive, it really challenges like just that inner dialogue. And ultimately, like I truly believe that it, it changes the outcome. So here's an example. Natalia needed to get her car fixed and we had been, oh, bless her soul. She is 
such a resilient employee. She's been a part of my business for six months and I've had to lay her off three times already. And she is like a firecracker ready to come back the fourth time. She had been laid off and she, you know, as we all were, didn't really have the money to just spend $600 on fixing her car. But nonetheless, she had to get her car fixed. So she took it in and she said to the technic, to the mechanic, like, can I give you 400? And then in a couple of weeks, once I'm back to work, I'll come back and give you the extra 250. And he was like, yep, no problem. So she paid the 400 and she said, you know what, Keeleen, like I was driving home and I was thinking to myself, this really sucks, but at least my car is fixed. And at least I can drive around safe with my son and I knowing that we're safe and we're good to go. And the mechanic was really really helpful and he was super accommodating and she was just filling her head with those positive positive moments about the she could have said oh my god it was so expensive and why did he charge that much and is he overcharging me but she just didn't let that go into her head she was just thinking you know what that was so nice of him to just let me pay 200 dollars later on okay so as she's driving home she stops at a convenience store and she's waiting in line and she realized that when she got to the front she forgot her debit card And the man behind her was like, oh, no problem. Here, do you want to pick out an extra chocolate bar to her son and pays for their bill? And she's like, oh, thank you so much. Like, that was so great. And so she gets back in the car and she's like, you know what? I'm having a good day now. Like, despite the fact that I had to get my car fixed, I'm having a good day because that guy just paid for my chocolate bar. Then she goes home. And when she gets home, she has a message from her dad saying that he has decided to go and cover the extra 250. And the next day, she gets a check in the mail for $400. So literally her whole car was was paid. Oh my God, that's incredible. Like, just like that. Had she have left that mechanics and she was in a shitty mood, she might have gotten to the convenience store and the guy would have been like, nah, she seems like she's nasty. I'm just not going to cover that for her. Like, she doesn't even deserve it. But because she was there, she was happy, she was in a good mood. And then she talked to her dad and it was all amicable and like, it just all worked out because she was positive. It's not to say that if she wasn't positive, that all that stuff wouldn't have still happened. Like she might've still got the chocolate bar. She might still got the 400. Her dad might've covered it. But the difference is that all of that stuff was amazing for her. When somebody bought her chocolate bar, it skyrocketed her mood because she was accepting to that positive thought. Yes, 100%. I definitely believe in the law of traction. What's one thing you wish you knew before starting a business? Honestly, I wish I knew that there were no limits in this industry. Like, I'm very fresh to owning a salon and to operating that whole operation. And and I'm fresh to doing nails. But I've actually been in this industry since 2013 as a lash tech. And I was a makeup artist. So honestly, looking back, I wish I would have taken my beauty career more seriously in the beginning. Because despite this industry being so large and growing and ever-changing, it still really is an untapped industry. Like, especially in Canada, because we're so far behind here in terms of products, in terms of education, which we kind of already talked about. Just there's a lot of opportunities to advance inside this industry, just outside of being a technician. You can go into the field of education. You can do consulting. You can do management. You can do wholesaling and retailing products. I don't know another industry where you could literally just choose between all of those professions at once, let alone jump back and forth through them. You know what I mean? Like even myself right now, COVID shut down. I'm doing education. We've got t-shirts going. Like it's just, you can really expand in this industry because there's no limits. There's no regulations. 
How do you continue to remain creative? Honestly, I try to include other things in my life that are also creative, but not work. I love to do like graphic design. So sometimes I'll literally just sit with a glass of wine and put my AirPods in, listen to some music and just design random things that are not going anywhere. And I honestly, I love that too, because, because it's something that I also use so often at work. It's nice to just be able to do it and not have to connect it to work. Um, I also do like, if I'm trying to get off the screens, I'll do things like I have plants. I like to research those and take care of those. I like to do crafts. I like to watch YouTube documentaries, all that kind of stuff. I think it's just the most important to remind yourself that you can't force creativity. I find keeping yourself in a really calm, relaxed mindset is the best thing that you can do if you're really trying to perform creatively. Like we in the salon, we just set the environment. We keep the vibes good. We get the lo-fi remixes going. Like if you start to become frustrated by your performance, everything else honestly just kind of goes to shit. (laughs) Like you have to be in a good mood to be creative. And it can be challenging being in a creative career because it's not always easy to just wake up and feel like painting. Bringing it back to like controlling your mood, creativity is definitely like a feeling-based skill. So it definitely need, you need to be in a good mindset. Love it. Awesome. What's a typical day in the life look like for you? Not right now with COVID, but when you're working, what are you up to? Oh my gosh. Can I first just say that I miss my routine so much? Like I genuinely love every aspect of my job. I love my day. I love my routine. So I just really miss doing that. I don't take my first client until 11 a.m. because I don't like to rush in the morning. Never do I rush. (laughs) I also work until 9 p.m. usually. So I try not to be at the salon for 12 hours a day. So usually I wake up, hang out with my dog, watch YouTube, go for a walk, whatever. And then I'll give myself like an hour and a half to get ready. Even if I'm just doing like basic hair, basic makeup, because I just like to crank music or an audiobook or podcast or whatever and just chill while I get ready. Because number one, I despise the feeling of rushing out the door, like I said. And number two, again, just coming back to that, like I like to be in a good mindset before I go out into the world, you know, so I don't like to just rush out there. So I'll usually head into the salon around like 10 because I like to leave myself enough time to stop on the way because there's a McDonald's literally 400 meters from my house. And almost every single morning I get myself and Natalia a coffee and sometimes a hash brown. And then, so I'll get into the salon about 10, like quarter after 10, 1030. And usually Natalia is just finishing her first client of the day because she starts at nine. We actually call it going live. (laughs) So she's live at nine and I'm live at 11. And so we have coffee together for a few, usually around like 1030. Then we set up our desk for the next two clients that we have side by side from 11 at 11 and one. So Natalia has her first client by herself at nine. Then I have, we have clients beside each other at 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., which is always a hoot because it's really fun to have like kind of a group conversation going on. Um, And then Natalia leaves at three and I crank the music to some rap lo-fi mix like I was just talking about. And I go hard on my evening clients, 3 p.m., 5 p.m., 7 p.m. Usually after my last client, I'll spend like an hour or so closing, cleaning up the salon. Sometimes I'll just fully sit on the back room couch scrolling Instagram (laughs) And then I'll go home for like 10, 1030. I only take clients on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. They're long days. Like I usually work like four twelves or longer. 
But then on Wednesdays, Natalia and I are both still in the salon from nine to three. And this is where we like do biz stuff. Like we, I say biz stuff, but what I mean is like TikToks or make t-shirts or, you know, just like catch up and just catch a breath. Sometimes we'll just take Wednesday off. Like we'll just be like, you know what? We're exhausted because we did a photo shoot Saturday and Sunday and we're just so busy. We've been working for five days straight. We're just going to take a Wednesday off. Highly recommend that. Work longer days and take more days off. That's the best work-life balance. I like that a lot, especially the fact that you, even if you are working longer days, you're still giving yourself time to not be at work all of the time. I think within the beauty industry too, you get caught up into that, oh, I could do so many more clients because there's always fulfilling that need. But it's like you need to take time for yourself so that you can re-energize and also fulfill that creative need other ways with it. It's like your own merchandise or TikTok or whatever. I think that's really beneficial. Amen. Amen. From the beauty industry, it's very hard because yes, you can look at your opportunity and be like, wow, I can make all this money from appointments. But like I was kind of touching on before, there's so much more in this industry and you can expand. So if you really are money motivated, then probably the smartest thing to do would be to cut back on clients and find ways to expand your beauty industry career. Because at the end of the day, you only have so many hours in a day and you can only take so many clients. If you really, really want to expand your career, hustling and taking more clients and like just working yourself to the ground ain't it. You have to take a step back, make less clients, settle for less money in the beginning, but just kind of like look as an overall, like where do you want to take yourself in the industry? So you just moved to a London storefront and renovated during the last shutdown. What are your tips for listeners who are transitioning from, let's say, their home studio to a storefront location? One foot in front of the other, always. When you're planning what you need to do and doing it, try to disconnect all of the emotion or at least as much emotion as you can. We fully renovated our storefront. We did the walls. We built a wall. We painted the ceiling, we did new flooring, we installed new plumbing, et cetera, et cetera. In 60 days, we literally got the keys January 1st and our open date was March 1st. Needless to say, like we didn't really have a lot of time to dick around with the details and think about how we felt during each step. (laughs) Truly, like I made a Google Sheets document with a chart of all the tasks that we had to complete with detailed steps. And in there, we kept track of the progress. We kept track of what we spent. And then we just moved through the tasks, no matter what came up. And trust me, like I say, remove all emotion, but that's not to say that it wasn't emotional. Like this process was very emotional. A lot went wrong still, despite the Google Sheets. And oh my gosh, there was literally a point where I looked at my fiance and I said out loud, no, 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 that's it. Like I'm done with this place, whatever. Like we'll just delay the opening doesn't even matter. Like I'm over it, but you know what? Like 30 minutes later, we were back in our sweats and we were there in the salon completing the tasks, but with some chill music, we regrouped. We had a moment of weakness. <laughs> yes. We, we circled back. Yes. We got some Wendy's frosties and we carried on <laughs> in whatever you're doing. You have to keep doing it one foot in front of the other, no matter what, be scared, be nervous, be angry, whatever. That's fine. Emotions are normal, but keep going because you can still use a paintbrush while you're crying, sweetie. (laughs) I love it. It's called multitasking. (laughs) It's called multitasking. 
in regards to renovating and redesigning a whole new salon space, would you have done anything differently? Are there elements or things within the construction and the design process that you look back on now and realize just weren't as important? Or maybe there's something you didn't do that you realized was important? Honestly, no. (laughs) I have to say, I am so proud of the way that we dealt with the issues as they arose. And we navigated our way through the entire time. Like we did have some things that we wanted to do, but because we had things in a list sorted accordingly by importance, we made sure to tackle the most important things first, knowing that some of the smaller projects may be cut if time didn't allow them. And like there were some that didn't make it. We had a full plan for a board and batten wall behind the reception desk. It was going to look amazing. I literally mapped out the entire thing, what it was going to be like at all my Pinterest board of board and batten walls. When push came to shove, we had to choose to focus on the more important things. We had to just let go a lot of cosmetic things, which wasn't easy, especially for me, but it was necessary. I wish I would have been a little bit more patient with myself in the beginning. We're planning on being here for years to come. So what do I really need before we open in 12 days? A board and batten wall or a functioning sink? logistically we had it down because we had the list like I said but mentally I wish it would have just been a little bit easier on myself and just been like you know what let's just get it to the point where it's functioning because the little nick in the wall we can fit it we can do that on a Saturday as someone with zero business background who whipped up her business within two weeks of quitting her job can you discuss the logistics of all that for example the process of setting up your financials banking a business account first of all It didn't happen overnight and it didn't happen in two weeks either. I would love to have like some thought out, smart, wise answer to this question, but I truly don't. What actually happened is I sat down with my fiance and I said, I know that I am passionate. And if we spend every single cent that we currently have in our checking and savings account, I'm pretty sure that within the first month, I can make enough to pay our bills. Like, we're not going to starve. And it was a huge risk. Like I said, I would love to say that I, you know, had a great credit score and talked to my financial advisor and worked out how much everything was going to cost, but I didn't. I truly didn't. I just was like, what do I need? And how can I get it? And let's just jump two two feet in. With that being said, that was the beginning. Highly recommend against that (laughs) because like like I said you gotta have that attitude of like you're gonna do it because I had no other option I literally had to do it I had to work and that made me so motivated to figure out like how to be the best because I had everything riding on this it is also extremely important like that is not a long-term solution I did that because I was starting my business in two weeks and I jumped into it whatever When it actually comes to like the financials of your business, I would highly suggest sooner than later, you find a professional that you can deal with, somebody that you trust, somebody that you can say, hey, I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? And just taking that, like I was so scared to talk to somebody because I had started my business on such a whim and my financials were all over the freaking place. Like somebody would pay me 50 bucks cash and I just put it into my satchel. Like... I had, I was like making change from my personal satchel. Like in the beginning, I had no idea. I was very nervous to talk to somebody because I was almost, I I was prideful about the fact that my money management was terrible. But the sooner that you talk to somebody, like the better that's going to be for your business. I'm like an accountant 
you know, or just in general people that you can reach out to and have those resources, especially when it comes to financials, because it's something that you can't necessarily slack on if you want to have like a long-term business. Um, and I am so damn busy thinking of TikToks that I can't be held accountable to never miss a detail in my money, you know? So in the beginning when it was just me and I just jumped two feet in, I was, it was totally fine to have crazy finances and just do what I needed to do to get there. But if you want to have a long-term business and you're thinking about actually growing your business and getting to a place where you're managing something larger and expanding into those other areas, the sooner you talk to a professional, the better. And if you're embarrassed, just be embarrassed and do it anyway. Like we were talking about, it's just money and it's just numbers. And some people literally go to school for six years to do that. So let them do it. <laughs> Hats off to them, really. Cause like, Jesus, I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I pull out my calculator every time to calculate cash on or tax on cash. So <laughs> no, me too. I, I'm the type that will literally divide like 14 by two. I know it's seven, but I'll do it anyway. It's just so that I can see it on the calculator. <laughs> just to make sure it hasn't changed. <laughs> What's the biggest piece of advice you can give listeners who want to start their business, but have no prior experience or expertise? You have to ignore your self-talk and do it anyways. Trust me, even in like this whole moving to a new place, we had already signed the lease, sent it to our lawyer, had it everything approved. And in my head, I was still thinking to myself, this place isn't big enough. We're making the wrong decision. It's almost twice the amount per month. And it's not even that much bigger. Like that's literally what I was thinking to myself as we were renovating. My head was telling me, this is not a, the right decision. It was obviously the right decision. Like every single day, like I am so absolutely in love with our new space. It is everything about it. The parking is better. The, the fact that we have a place where we can sit down is better. Like everything about it is better. But my head was still telling me, me personally, I also have diagnosed anxiety. So I was thinking a lot more, even heightened, like, no, this isn't right. This is wrong. This is wrong. But at the end of the day, how you feel and what you're capable of are two completely different things. Always. You just have to be able to say in my heart, this is right. And when I talk to my fiance, he's like, no, Kaylee, this is a fantastic decision. I talk to anybody. No, this is great. You have to be able to ignore your self-talk and do it anyways. You won the 2020 London Community Choice Award for Best Nail Salon and Best Manicure. What does this award mean to you? Everything. Oh, my God. I don't even think that there is another person who will ever be as excited for me about this as me. Like, I don't even care if another person knows, really. It just I left a workplace where somebody was telling me that I couldn't do it constantly was saying, no, you can't do that. No, it's going to take you too long. No. Years. Direct quote. It will take you years to get good. So I went out on my own. A global freaking pandemic hits. And in my first year of business, I won the best in the city. Like, no, I can't even talk about that. That was such a moment of validation for me. I also think that that ties back into the whole law of attraction. Someone tells you you can't. You have all this negative self-talk, but yet you are still resilient. You persevere. You're like, no, I'm not going to let mm -hmm. these negative people or these yeah. thoughts like control me. I'm going to prove them wrong. And this is just like the cherry on top of all the hard work you put in. 
I love that. Being nominated, I was excited about. I remember one day I was sitting with a nail client and she goes, oh, I voted for you in London Community Votes. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you're Kayleen Ashley Artistries on London Community Votes. And I'm like, what? And we looked at it and the two of us were just squealing together because she was one of my clients who had been with me from the beginning. And she's like, yeah, I voted for you. Like, I had no idea I was even nominated so I was just <laughs> I screenshotted it right away sent it to my mom dad sister fiance I'm like oh my god I got nominated so I was thrilled at that winning was like no I passed out <laughs> how do you maintain your positive no complaints attitude on a day-to-day basis I keep it on my on my mind often like I'm telling you that what I do in the salon is like constant I'm constantly cultivating a place where not just myself and my team can walk in but also like my employee or my clients walk in and feel empowered like they can do anything you know like it's just a good vibes all around like people here we don't doubt you people will tell me ideas and they're saying I, I I don't I don't know why I'm so excited about this I'm sorry that I'm so and I'm like don't apologize I'm sitting here with a straight face like I'm not laughing at your idea I'm taking you 100% seriously keep it on your mind at all times in everything that you do just ask yourself frequently, am I, am I positive today? How am I feeling? Okay. Do I need to switch up the music? Maybe rock's not doing it for me today. Maybe I need some lo-fi or you know what? I'm feeling good today. Like let's crank some freaking Britney Spears. Just keeping that on your mindset all the time. And like I said before, the most important thing to maintaining a positive attitude is first and foremost, recognizing that a positive attitude is necessary to take you places. Like I said, when you start to get frustrated, everything goes to shit. Or if you just, if you let whatever happens to you in your day-to-day life, it's going to happen to you in your day-to-day life, no matter what. But if you let that interfere with where you're headed in your mindset and you let it get inside of you, then it will affect you. And then it will ripple effect and affect other things that you're working on as well. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Thank you for sharing all that. But also I want to add hashtag free Britney in there. Literally hashtag free Britney. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so wild. I've watched so much about that and I'm still shook. What are your tips, resources, any techniques that you have on managing and organizing a jam-packed schedule of over 150 clients every month in advance? Okay, don't leave, like leave yourself as little room as possible for human error. And be as systematic as possible. Even though there's only two of us, myself and Natalia, my, I literally run my business like it's a freaking Walmart. Like the systems that I use, the way that I, the way that I do a, I do a cash box balance at the end of every night. Remember how I was saying that I keep money in my satchel? No, not, not anymore. (laughs) She has a cash box now where she balances and does a cash drop every night. So I just, I'm very systematic with those things and have things in place before things go wrong. So like a cancellation policy, for example, have that in place, know what it is, enforce it the same with every single person and make sure that your employees can verbatim say your cancellation employee with no wishy-washy, you know, or just in general, like if I was gone for a day, Natalia could run all of the systems within within my business because it's systematic. I don't have to be there to count, to count the cash. 
I can, even if I couldn't make it in, I could say to my fiance, Hey, can you go in here? Here's how you do this, 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 whatever. If you are the only person who can do your job, you can't expand. That is one piece of it. But then another piece of it is to avoid all of those conflicts and stuff like that. How I said, leave as little room for possible as, or for human error. Um, I use an online booking system. So I have a booking system that Natalia can see. I can see it's all organized and just, you know, across the board. And like I said, many things that we do are like that. We just keep it very systematic so that when things do go wrong, it's truly just a hiccup. We can deal with it and keep moving. It's not like one thing's going wrong and then the next week we've got another client who has the same issue, but it's a different one. And then, you know, you just, you're always dealing with shit. It's not like that. If you just, we, I can honestly say in the, in 18 months, I can count on one hand how many times we've had mishaps in our schedules, like double booked or, you know, had no shows. Like we do not have no shows. We don't because everything is just simple, systematic. People understand that if they no show, they're probably not going to get back into the schedule. And we just, we keep that relationship with our clients and we set the rules and we just, we know what it is. And so there's no issues. Right. And I also think when you set these systems in place, it builds your company's credibility as well as your reliability as a company to serve that client. Exactly. Exactly. And like at the end of the day, like you need the systems to help you because you're human. One person cannot be the best nail tech or be the best hairdresser, plus do all of their booking, plus manage their payroll, plus do this. And that. like, why, why put that pressure on yourself? Give yourself a little bit of grace, find a system that works so that you can rely on that and that it can just manage itself. Love that. Definitely. How do you define success or what is your definition of success? <laughs> I love this question. Happiness, honestly, being truly content and just loving your day to day. Like some people want to own 65 acres and have a 12 car garage. And some people want to have a double wide trailer in the middle of nowhere with nothing. I think as long as you're going towards something that makes your heart happy, you're making the right moves. And when you get there, you're successful. And I think that there's so much tied to success just in the world in general that People think that they need to have those things in order to be successful. Like money, for example, is a great one. Money doesn't, like money has no emotion. It's not going to make you happy. What are you most excited about right now? What are some big projects that you are currently working on? Oh my gosh, this is a loaded question. (laughs) Um, Can I just preface this by saying that I also currently have a Google Doc with each month in 2021 listed below is all of our plans and ideas for Kaylee Nashley Artistry, for Nail Gautel. I am like, a, I always, I always like to have something on my sleeve. So I don't want to give too much away, but rest assured, we are busy. <laughs> we are busy and we are just expanding. I just saw you did like a merch line. Yeah, we just did some t-shirts. That was so fun. What was the whole premise of doing that? We were sitting in the break room one day and we actually, we were sitting with um, one of our friends, Alina. She has a social media business and teaches kind of like marketing and consulting and whatnot. And we were just chatting and we were actually talking about graphics that you could upload on your feed. And one of the quotes that we kind of came across and came up with was, oh, nothing, just hustling. And I was like, oh my gosh, we love that. 
And like Natalia looked at me and said, we should put that on a shirt. And I was like, let's do it. So literally that night I was like, do you want to, should we sell shirts? Like this was before we knew we were going to lock down. We were just doing this for, cause it would be fun. She was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. So that night we bulk ordered all of the shirts that afternoon. I designed a graphic and we cut it. We print, we printed it. We saw what it looked like on the shirts. We were like, yep, these are cute. The timeline of our shirts was actually three weeks from when we like decided that we wanted to do them to when we launched them on sale. Our vision was shades, slides, shorts. So like biker shorts, pair of slides, and a pair of cool shades. And our vision was like, it's to be rocked with cool jewelry. Like you're out there, oh, nothing, just hustling. Like everybody that we meet day to day is so badass. You think we're cool, you should meet our clients. Like they are cool. And so we were very inspired by them to launch this, to just give them something that they can wear. It's just a little piece of us that's like, oh, nothing, just hustling because y'all are so badass. How we came up with the SUP, y'all, actually, was from that video that you brought up at the very beginning, was my very first video that I ever made. It's just, SUP, y'all. Um, it's just very, like, on brand. <laughs> oh, is that what you said in the, that video? Yes, and it even says, SUP, y'all, across the top. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. I didn't rec- I, I didn't catch that. That's too cute. <laughs> right? But then the two just kind of go together, like, sup, y'all, oh, nothing, just hustling. So we had a vision, and then we worked backwards. So we said, if we want to sell them here, we have to have the site ready by this point. We have to have the shirts ready by this date. We have to have the influencers with their T-shirts at this point. We have to have the photo shoot done by this point so we can have the photos to put on the web. Like, we just, we worked backwards in three weeks. And so then we knew, tomorrow, this is what we have to do. This week, we have to have this done. By this time, we have to have this done. And I would highly suggest doing that for any any short-term or long-term, any really projects that you're working on. Write down your end vision and work backwards to today because everything has a timeline and photos don't, you can't just take photos and then you get them the next day. You know, you need to have time for that. Thank you so much for listening to the Her Defined podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want your feedback. Do you have any successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman in your life who should be featured on an episode of Her Defined? If so, send me a DM on Instagram at Her Defined Podcast or by email at herdefinedpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode has been produced and edited by yours truly, Juliana Dallacosta. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another episode to hear her stories, hear her advice, hear her defined. <laughs>